0: All right,
1: good morning everyone. We have a fun morning program for you. I don't want to slow that down too much. Just remember tonight at 6.30 is cookies, cards, and carols. So prep your singing voices. Get a nap if you need to. And uh, we'll have a bunch of cookies in in the back fellowship hall tonight. We'll sing some Christmas carols together, uh, spread out some cards, and just enjoy the evening together. So that's 6.30 tonight here at the church in the back prayer meeting will still be december 20th at 6:30. 30. Um, 2024 will start the new year with fellowship month encouraged and challenged to get together with some other families and individuals in the church on january 7th and 21st maybe for dinner dessert or something maybe somebody you've never hung out with before other than just to see them in church and say hi um, and January 28th will be a fellowship event at the church. This is still to be determined. Um, I think today's the last day for any canned good, uh, canned goods that you might have to give to people who are in need. Um, are there any other announcements that are not in the bulletin? Yep.
2: My Bible study won't meet now until the 2nd of January.
1: Okay. Tom Munzer's Bible study won't meet until January 2nd. January 2nd all right oh yeah so my children took all the cards out of the card box and spread them out on the table in groups but they are not in alphabetical order so it's a lot of fun if you brought cards and you want to place them in everybody's name uh, it's just a really good time to try and find where they are um so enjoy and you have cards out there too that you can get as well so yep enjoy that (laughs)
3: Okay, the Sunday school kids from the nursery through the um, high school are going to do a, a program called the Candy Cane Gospel. And it came from this track that I read, and I thought it would make a perfect for a little skit. <coughs> it's to be fun. Uh, we didn't get a whole well lot of time to practice, but um, afterwards, there will be candy canes and a track. For everyone to pick up when you leave, so all you kids in this room, I want to you to be back there and hand these out to people when they leave. Because I want you to the challenge is to have you give it to somebody this week. Maybe a cashier at a store, maybe you know leave a tip at a restaurant. And you leave this and as it has a candy cane. That tells us what we're going to tell you up here is exactly what this track. So, Everyone grab one of these and share it with somebody that you can see this week or before Christmas or whatever, and you'll be sharing the gospel. That'll be a whole lot of people that will get attracted and hear the gospel. Okay, so, everybody can come on up. If you... Yes. What do you think of when you see a candy cane? A Christmas decoration? A sweet treat? Here are five ways candy canes can help us remember the real meaning of Christmas. If you turn a candy cane upside down. It
0: makes a J for Jesus.
3: This reminds us of the Savior's name. Before Jesus was born, an angel delivered a special message from God.
0: Call um, his name
3: Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You can sing along with us. We're going to sing Silent Night.
0: Now turn the candy cane around, it's a shepherd's staff, it's a couch stick used by shepherds to care for and protect their sheep. This reminds us that shepherds were among the first people to see Jesus after he was born in Bethlehem.
3: After Jesus grew up, he performed many miracles and taught the people about God. He said, people are like lost sheep and that he is the good shepherd who can rescue us from sin and death. Now we're going to sing the first verse of "Angels We Have Heard on High.
0: Years before Jesus was born, God's prophet Isaiah spoke of the Savior who won to before his people. Isaiah chapter verse 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. By his stripes we he are healed. Why did Jesus do this for us? If you put two kitty kids together, you can see love. <laughs> well, there we
3: go. <laughs> okay, now we'll sing a first, of uh, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus together.
0: long it's gone but the sweetness of knowing Jesus lasts forever. When you turn to God and put your trust in Jesus he forgives all of your sins and gives you a fresh new start. He will be with you through all of life's troubles and when your life on earth is over you will spend eternity in heaven with God. The word gospel means... Good news. At Christmas, we are reminded of the good news that God loves us.
3: Even though we've sinned against Him, God sent His Son, Jesus, to search for us like a shepherd looking for lost sheep. He shed His blood and laid down His life to pay for our sins, then rose from the dead to prove that He defeated sin and death. Ask God to forgive your sins. Put your trust completely in Him, not in your good deed or anything else. Through faith, you will become a child of God, and He will care for you forever. Okay, I'd like everyone to read this, um, these two verses together. My sheep listens to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And then we can all sing, if you know the John 3.16 version of Silent Night, you can sing along with us.
2: turn your hymn books to hymn number 124 and sing the first and fifth verse of hymn number 124 we three kings of orient are Scripture reading is going to be as up says up there. It will be Luke chapter one. I'm going to read the time when Mary visits Elizabeth, and then we're going to skip over to the birth of John. So verse thirty nine, chapter one of Luke. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. We go to verse 57 and read through 80. When it was time for Elizabeth to have a baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered at it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Praise be to the Lord the God of Israel, because he has come to redeem his, he has come to his people and redeemed them. He raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. The message will come from those same verses. Uh, sing hymn number one o eight, "Angels from the Realm of Glory." You certain verses not? No, it's not in here. Number one o eight. We have time. We can sing the whole thing.
4: (laughs) Angels from the realms of glory, wing your flight o'er all the earth, ye who sang brighter visions beam afar. Seek the great desire of nations, ye have seen his fatal star. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Saints before thee all, Watching long in hope and fear Suddenly
1: We'll take this opportunity to have prayer requests or items of praise or kind of to be updated on some things we've been praying for. Is there anything you'd like to either share or be praying for at this time? Okay. Let's pray together. Lord God, we just thank you for this day that you have made. We thank you for the work that our teachers put in with the kids and with the adults and uh, the extra time it takes for people to do things around the church and around the holidays to take the time to think about writing cards and how people are doing to bring meals and canned goods. God, it's amazing how uh, your birth and all that uh, pertains to it have changed the hearts and minds of people all around the world, Um, especially your birth that we celebrate this season and how there was a Savior who was born to the world to save sinners like us, that we can rejoice in knowing that all things will be made new and be made right. God, to know that you didn't just stay in heaven far off, but became a man and walked among us and uh, suffered as we suffer and learned as we learn and continue to obey your parents and do those things that are right and to fulfill all the law for us. God, also that you would bleed and that you would die and that you would rise again and that we could then be able to know you personally and to live with you personally. God, as we celebrate the season of giving, we remember the greatest gift, which is Christ. And we worship you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can stand
2: together and sing. We're going to sing one course, one worship song today. We're going to sing Emmanuel.
4: A crown of thorns would pierce his brow, but we beheld this offering. Exalted now, the King of kings, praise God for the hand.
1: can be dismissed to Junior Church.
2: I am on, making sure I'm on this time so that I don't lose, you don't lose me when I'm moving around. I have three good news stories. One will be done today, one next week, and one the last week of the month. The last Sunday of the month so if you want to hear all three good news stories you got to be here for all three good news stories so just so, so you know ahead, this is story number one I couldn't think of any other names for them so this is what I named them and uh, sometimes the simplest names work out the best let's have a word of prayer before we start this message gracious father you are an amazing God your word gives us so much to ponder on and think on. And uh, Lord, we need to remember. We need to see things sometimes through different eyes, different directions. But Lord, altogether, we just need to remember all that you did so that we could know your Son as our Savior, so that we would understand what was accomplished when he came to this earth. That the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we called him Emmanuel, God with us. Many different things took place to set this up, and many scriptures in the Old Testament comment on it. Help us, we ponder some of these things today, that we might be able to rejoice. <clears throat> to have great joy in remembering the messages of Christmas. And we'll praise you for it in your Son's precious name. Amen. Amen. So, last week we went over the angels' messages to three of the groups. We still have one message left. That will happen the last Sunday of the month as well. But... Those messages talked about three different people who received messages from the angel telling them things that were significant that were going to happen. One was that Elizabeth and Zachariah would have a baby. And the angel kind of uh, was surprised at Zachariah's response that he kind of wanted a sign to... Help him remember that this is for real. The angel, I think, found some mirth in that, laughter. Um, Here I am. I'm the one who stands before God, and you're asking me for a sign, like this should have been enough for you. Uh, Seeing an angel, we like to think that would have been enough for us. But if you were up there in age and were sure you couldn't have children anymore, and that angel was telling you you were going to have one that might make you question. And so his response to that was, okay, you want to sign, you won't be able to speak from now until a baby's born. So it was over nine months that Zachariah went without speaking. And uh, in the meantime, an angel went to Mary to tell her about it. And at that point, Um, Elizabeth had been uh, pregnant for uh, a while, and um, probably six months, and that's when the angel went to Mary. So Mary hears the message, and at the end of that message from it, he reminds her, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. And Mary responds by accepting that she will have a child through the Holy Spirit. Right after that, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to skip over what she says to Mary because that's Mary's story. That's talking about Mary and we're not really going to talk about Mary today. Uh, We're going to talk about Jesus only in a small way but not in the complete way we will next week. And so then she in the end says, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord... Would fulfill his promises to her." So Elizabeth has this visitor, and when Mary visits, remember what the the angel told Zachariah, that this baby, even before birth, would be filled with the Spirit. And so an unusual thing happens. I don't know how many of you I mean, I know quite a few of you have been pregnant in here. You go to visit somebody else who's been pregnant. Do you ever remember your baby leaping for joy? Because you were in the presence of another baby? Another pregnant woman? Well, here, Mary enters the house and says hello. And as soon as she says hello, John, or who is to be John, the baby in Elizabeth's womb, leaps for joy. Now, everybody's experienced movement. I don't know how many of us have experienced leaping for joy. I don't know what that was like, but it certainly had an effect on Elizabeth, and she comments on that, and that alone makes you realize that John Is unique and what it brought was joy in the end the baby in my womb leaped for joy and that brought joy to Elizabeth it was exciting she knew that her baby was from God she conceived because God gave her husband and her the ability to have a child at old age and yet here's Mary who is carrying the Christ child and she's aware enough for some reason that this is what Mary is carrying and she's excited and she's excited that her baby has leaped for joy to give her that that realization now that is a short piece to demonstrate that God provided more than just the norm. This was an exciting moment. It brought joy. Now, as we move on in the story, it's time for the birth. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Wouldn't that be exciting? If you knew somebody really wanted a baby, she was sure she'd never have one and now she has one. She's delivering. If you were her friends, wouldn't you be excited for her? I don't know, today maybe we would say, oh, I don't know, you're 75, 80 years old. You probably shouldn't have a child right now. All kinds of complications. We'd kind of think that way, wouldn't we? Maybe we wouldn't like the idea too well. But they were very excited, and the angel had told them they would. And so all these relatives, all these neighbors are excited and have, have, that the Lord has shown her great mercy, and, that, and they shared her joy. There was joy in that house on that delivery day. They were excited for her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, as was the norm. On that day, they also named the child. So they come, and keep in mind, Zachariah can't talk. So they ask what the child's name is, and they're going to name the child Zachariah after the father. That was a normal thing, especially the first child would often be named after his father. And so here they're all set up. They're all ready. They've decided they're going to name him Zachariah. And the mother speaks up and says, no, no, his name's John. Now, at this point, I get a little humor in this passage. I can remember talking to my sister who used to work with people, deaf people, and, uh, and she would laugh because people would come into their presence and they would talk really loud. Or, oh, blind people, I'm sorry. She worked, <laughs> I have it backwards. She worked with blind people, but people would always come into their presence and they'd yell. Now, you realize blind people aren't Deaf. So yelling is not a help, because they can hear perfectly well, sometimes better than we can at that point, because they've, they've used that ability to, come, to help with their eyes, you know. And so here, I think this is interesting how it talks about it. It says that, they said, there's no one among you None of your relatives have that name. Who are you naming this child after? Now, don't most of us usually try to find someone we want to name them after? You know, I have some of my grandchildren have my name uh, somewhere in their name. Um, We often name first names. Uh, Children get named after first names of our uh, fathers and so on. Grandfathers, etc. And so, as we think about it, we often do that, and they did. They usually named them after a father or a relative, and they didn't understand. So, the next verse says, Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. Now, as far as I know, Zachariah couldn't speak, but he could hear perfectly well. So were they making the same mistake we make? Were they making signs to Zachariah to find out who? Because for some reason they thought if he couldn't speak, he couldn't hear. I I found that interesting. I don't know. Maybe he couldn't hear either. But that's not what's ever said. He just, he couldn't speak. And so they made signs to him. What do you think is name's going to be tell us what you want his name to be and so he he signals for a it also says he asked for a writing tablet which he didn't he signaled for a writing tablet and to everyone's astonishment he wrote he said his name is john That was a surprise to everybody. Immediately, as soon as he speaks it, his mouth was open, his tongue set free, and he began to speak. Now, you wonder why I bring up things like, okay, they signed to him. I think sometimes there's things in here because there's a sense of humor involved. I think we would do that, wouldn't we? Somebody can't speak, we raise our voice because somehow we think if they can't speak, they can't hear. I don't know why we do that, like talking louder to a blind person. It doesn't make any sense, but we do it. And here he responds by writing, and he responds with, his name is John. That's pretty incredulous to everybody else who doesn't think this is normal. Immediately his mouth was open, his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. Now, if you'd been around somebody for nine or ten months of their life and they hadn't been able to speak, how would this make you feel? He hasn't been able to speak. Something's got to be wrong with him. And all of a sudden he can speak, and he's praising God? Does that seem normal to you if if you know the Lord you know it's possible but it's not normal those things don't happen every day that people can suddenly speak again and what's the reaction of the crowd around them are they real comfortable It all the neighbors were filled with awe and throughout the hill country of Judea people were talking about all these things. That word awe can also mean uh, some amount of fear involved. So all these people are kind of shook up by this. It causes them uh, some amount of consternation and concern and, and yet awe about the fact that this happened. How can this happen? He wasn't able to speak. Now he can speak. He's praising the Lord. It's an exciting moment. Everybody starts talking about it. This gets passed on. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, well, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with them. They saw all these things happening as God having everything to do with this birth now John is the first birth before the one that comes to Christ and I bring it up because I want you to understand the amount of joy it creates Mary and Elizabeth have spent time together they've spent 3 months together Elizabeth is aware of Mary and who she's carrying. Here, everybody's watching what's going on and are amazed that now Zachariah can speak. Zachariah doesn't just speak, but he begins to prophesy. And in order for me to, to get all of these things to you, I wrote down all the scriptures that I could find that had anything to do with this prophecy. Because I wanted to make sure you realized that the things Zechariah said were things that came right from the scriptures. Zechariah was prophesying to everybody and repeating statements made in other scriptures. So his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. That verse alone, uh, Psalm 111, 9, he provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Uh, Holy and awesome is his name. He provided redemption for his people. He goes on and says, He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Psalm eighteen two, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold psalm 132 17 here i will make a horn grow for david and set up a lamp for my anointed one reminders that god had prepared to do this and his prophets in the old testament had already talked about it and zacharias bringing those prophecies back up again in fact it says he has raised that horn in the house of his servant david As he said through his holy prophets of long ago. In in Jeremiah 23 5, he says, The days are coming when I raise up for David a righteous branch, declares the Lord. The prophets of long ago were talking about this salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Uh, Micah 5.2 reminds us, But you, Bethlehem Ephreda, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times, or in a sense, from before the beginning. Everything Zachariah is doing now is sharing about Christ. At this point, he's prophesying about Christ who isn't born yet. And yet the Lord's using him to tell everybody who's coming. He's preparing. And these are things that John will hear later, even as he grows, even as he begins to prepare to do his work, which we're going to hear about next. This part was supposed to be short because it's just about Christ, and this is going to get talked about more next week. But the next part is, is not about Christ. It's about John. So in the rest of his prophecy, he says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. That came out of Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Many of you know the stories and therefore you know the story about John the Baptist and what he would do. That he would even declare, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Repent of your sins, be baptized. He would be declaring things to the nation of Israel to get ready for the Lord. And eventually he would point to the Lord and say, the Lamb who taketh away the sins of the world, and people begin to follow the Lord instead of Him. He was a forerunner. He was a, a preparer, and the Scripture reminds us of that. and And even in Micah uh, talks or Malachi talks about that. As we go on through there, he says to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-four. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will for- forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. his job would be to prepare the people, help them recognize that forgiveness of sins was available, to give his people the knowledge of salvation because of the tender mercy of God. Christmas is a time when we remember what he did for us. He prepared the way by somebody for us to hear the message of Jesus Christ. It is a unique message. There isn't another message like it in the world. And we are now in the same position as John the Baptist once was. We're the preparers of the way. We talk about Jesus Christ. We share the story And here, that's what he's talking about. John's going to be the one who prepares the way, who tells the story, who sets up the stage, gets it ready. And it's because of the tender mercy of God that we have the opportunity to know him. Without God preparing in advance, it would have never come about. And he prepared John for that as well. It's an item of joy. He says, because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, but for you who who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing On its rays, the sun of righteousness will rise. To shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the path of peace. Isaiah 9-2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in darkness a light has dawned. Psalm 1611 says, You have made known to me the path of the living. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You have made known to me the path of the living. Born to Zachariah and Elizabeth was a man destined to prepare the way For them to know Jesus Christ. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The stage was set, and John would grow up in the wilderness, waiting for the moment when he would begin preaching, baptizing, preparing the way of the Lord. The Lord set this all up in advance. He's preparing the way for the next story. This was a good story, a story of joy, a story of excitement and happiness. Not only could they rejoice because they now have a son, but they could rejoice because He would be the declarer of the Lord Jesus Christ. He would be the forerunner. He would prepare the way. So today, as I bring this message, my purpose in bringing it was to cause you to recognize the things that God did to prepare for Jesus Christ coming into the world. He didn't just prepare for him to come, he prepared the way. He brought somebody else into the world to prepare the way and gave them to two people who loved the Lord and were waiting. And he prepared to give them a son. And through all of the different things, the angel coming, the remarkable way that it happened, and for Zechariah, the impossibility to believe it unless he had a sign, and then the sign, then his coming, all of those things to prepare the way for the Lord. In the very first message, we talked about the fact that Jesus Christ was all God. And that coming here, He came in the flesh to be God with us. To live out His short life and to die on a cross for us because only He could accomplish the task. And then we talked about the messages that were so incredible that one person had found it hard to believe and the other two accepted their positions and their need to do what God asked them to do. Now, you hear... John Zachariah's acceptance and his excitement and his ability to prophesy and remind you that God had prepared for this in years and years before. The prophecies told of this happening. And so Zachariah declares that. As we go into Christmas, I want you to consider not only all that has happened, but the joy of the message. We can get bogged down in all the things we want to accomplish to enjoy Christmas. And we lose the real joy of Christmas. The joy that came in many ways back then. An old couple who had a son. Mary, who carries God the Son. And at the end, the shepherds who rejoice. All of them are caught up in the joy of the stories, the excitement of what is going on, and the amazing messages. We have those messages, and we have that joy. So as we go into the season, don't lose sight of those, but rather be excited, not only to enjoy that and be reminded, but to tell others about that. Let's have a word of prayer. Gracious Father, you're an amazing God. As we think on Zachariah and Elizabeth and all that took place, there's great rejoicing joy and excitement. Help us, Lord, to be so full of joy and excitement as well that we might rejoice together, have fellowship together and joy, glory in the coming of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for what you've done in our life. Help us to rejoice in it and to pass it on in Christ's name. Amen. Turn to 107. I don't have any. Angels, we have heard on high. Let's stand and sing together. Angels we have heard on high.
4: <laughs> Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plain and the mountains in reply Echo back their joyous strain these days.
2: Gracious Father, thank you so much for this time of year to be reminded of what you've done in order to bring us into a relationship with you that is unique, that we may know you and we might enjoy that relationship. Send us home rejoicing, even as Zachariah and Elizabeth must have and all the neighbors send us home rejoicing as well. We'll praise you in Christ's name. Amen. You are dismissed.